All right, Avalanche fans. I'm alone right now, but I won't be momentarily. Special crossover playoff edition of Locked On Avalanche along with Erica Ayala from Locked On Kraken. So let's get to this. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avs Nation, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, I am your host, Chris Maselli, flying solo just for a little while, because like I said in the beginning, we are doing a special playoff crossover edition uh, with Erica from Locked On Kraken. But first things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Make sure to follow us on our social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche on Instagram. Questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to Locked On Avalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel over on YouTube. Hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. So, uh, yeah, we're going to get to that crossover here in just a minute. Erica and I uh, tackle a few things when it comes to this series between the Avalanche and the Kraken. We get to, obviously, when it's the playoffs, people always want to know what the biggest storylines are on each side of the aisle for both teams. We get into that. We definitely cover players, key players that you're going to want to see or that could step up, rise to the occasion, maybe exceed expectations when it comes to the playoffs. And then we get into those X factor, kind of what can be exploited, where does your team excel, um, and you know if it's the Kraken, uh, Erica is going to be talking about Philip Grubauer. And I'm sure we all want to know what's going on with Mr. Philip Grubauer. And, of course, predictions. You cannot have a playoff special and not throw out what us humble hosts uh, think is going to happen in terms of who's going to win this series. So let's get to this thing. It's our first ever crossover with Erica and the Seattle Kraken, and it's their first ever time in the playoffs. So uh, this is fun. Let's jump into it, and I hope you guys enjoy this. All right, everybody, uh, take two. Here we go. Uh, Special playoff crossover edition of Locked on Avalanche and Locked on Kraken. And Erica, this is our first ever crossover between our shows. So what better time to do that? I know, right? Time, come on it's now! It's amazing. It's amazing. I I know. I've I've told you this before, but uh, I'm sure locked on fans, the everydayers, are are used to <laughs> to hearing you guys because when we weren't in the playoffs and still five days, I was like, well, let's let's play these clips. So enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed watching your run, but uh, now we get to go toe to toe. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I love that the Avalanche will now forever be the answer to a question in Kraken <laughs> right. lore. Who who was the first ever opponent in the playoffs? I just hope it doesn't. I hope it, I hope it doesn't get a question doesn't get added of who was their first ever series win. I just don't want to get that far. So uh, we'll have to disagree on that. One. <laughs> we'll get to predictions a little bit later, uh, but we're gonna jump right in here with uh, storylines. Whenever you're talking about the playoffs, um, people love to know like what the biggest storylines are for each team. Uh, So I'll throw it over to you first. What are kind of like the pressing stories that everybody's kind of wanting to follow when it comes to the Kraken in their first go around in the postseason? 
Well, that's just it, right? <laughs> it's our first one. There you go. So uh, that that was an easy. That's an easy uh, one to to take. First playoff run, biggest improvement. You know year over year to get to the playoffs, I think would be a one B. Um, but I, I really think it's just that, that this is a Seattle Kraken team didn't perform as they wanted last year, made some changes, but really just kind of uh, put their you know nose to the grindstone and have been doing things by committee. I also want to add, and this is a little bit more of a somber note. I was in Seattle with the Kraken beat and the Kraken fans. And unfortunately we got some news that Andy Ide, who had been a longtime Seattle hockey reporter and had been a champion of NHL to Seattle. He passed away after um, suffering uh, a oh, stroke. No. Yeah. And so unfortunately it, it is a little bit of a somber mo moment and the Seattle Kraken to their credit, when they put out their playoff media guide, first page right there is honoring Andy Ide. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that. And so uh, while there's excitement, there is a, a group of us that are, are hurting. Um, and it's hmm. never easy to lose someone who's been in the crew. Um, but but all of that said, wow. I think it's it's just now how does this team respond uh, to all of it, to the excitement? I think at any level you hear when a team is going through it for the first time, there are things that you have to adjust to as a part of a playoff schedule, whether it's media commitments or the travel, playing the same opponent. And while we have individuals who've done that with different teams, we, uh, the Seattle Kraken, have never done it as a unit. So I'd say those are some of the storylines that are popping around but chris it's huh. not your first rodeo and in fact you're <laughs> the defending champion so what would the, the storylines uh be for the colorado avalanche i th i think we led each other into like the main storyline I, I you know if you're the defending champion uh and you're back in the playoffs that's kind of the first question that everybody wants to know like what are the chances or what are the odds that they can repeat um, and for the Avs, it was so up and down throughout the season with um, injuries. And then they'd have a really good stretch despite the injuries. And when it was good, everyone's like, oh, this team definitely looks like they can repeat. And when it was bad, it was doom and gloom. It was, you know, can this team even make the playoffs? So, you know, it was as bad as it could get. Um, but they finished the season very, very strong. Obviously, if they went from teetering on a playoff spot to just ascending up the standings to win the division. Um, I think the, the confidence is high right now that they can do it. And they've never been fully healthy all season because Gabe Landeskog has missed the entire season. Right. Um, but going into game one, they will be as healthy as they really have been all season. Probably not what you want to hear, but um, it, it, they are. And that kind of leads to the other big storyline. Can they keep that? Can they keep that health? Because, man, it was a, a struggle of a season. Um, and to get where they are, um, I don't think it doesn't matter really how this season ends. But if by some minor miracle and even if you're the best team in the league getting to the stanley cup finals is still a minor miracle because it's so difficult to do right, right. um if they do i i think they can look back at this season as like that that's a successful season despite everything that they went through so yeah repeating and the health 
because yeah. sure, we're getting everybody back right now. Makar should be good to go for game one. Manson should be good to go for game one. Um, Morgan should be good to go for game. But that's all well and good. We've said that so many times this year when a guy comes back, we're like, finally, like he won't get hurt the rest of the year. Nope. <laughs> Doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal. I mean, and every team has their version of that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's still some players that for both of our teams that are not back and won't be back at least for the the first round and we'll see who gets to advance and see if that uh, becomes a, a another storyline in, in uh, round two. But for us, it's actually a, a player that you know well, and I that know. would be Andre Burakovsky. So uh, we actually got the official word that it was a broken bone, of, you know, hockey, lower body. That's all we get. But mm-hmm. um, it was ESPN that broke the news that it was um, – a broken bone. And then in speaking with Everett Fitzhugh, who of course is our radio play by play. Uh, and, th- and this has come out a few other places as well. Uh, Ron Francis, our GM also talked about it. We were expecting him back within four to six weeks of his original injury. He was on the ice about a week ago with the Seattle Kraken, but then he had a setback and had surgery. So we will not have Andre Burakovsky, another player, and this hits on another storyline that I'm sure we'll talk about in our crossover, or as I like to say, on Locked on Crack in our squad cast. But um, that's that Daniel Sprung is day-to-day. And the reason that's a big deal is because I mentioned it a little bit earlier, Chris, but we've been playing and winning by committee. That includes goaltending, which we will definitely talk about um but daniel sprong has been a player that can be really electric um when he is not in the lineup and has been a healthy scratch as soon as he gets back in the lineup he makes a point to do something whether with his physicality he's racked up a lot of assists and certainly with his goal scoring to really make Dave Haxtell and the coaching staff have to make difficult decisions. And so that type of energy in a series against the Colorado Avalanche for all the reasons that we mentioned and just looking at the the regular season split and how these teams fared in the regular season, I'm I'm keeping an eye on that. And, and yeah. that's why I'm also very curious to see what other players are going to be able to step up. Which uh, we will definitely get to here in the next segment. And, and you mentioned Burakovsky. I, I just... I, 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 it's not going to happen, but it would be so nice if Burakovsky and Landeskog get together <laughs> and watch this this series together from like a press box. That that would that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, I, so, I'd, I'd love to mic them up. You know, like yeah, uh, oh, that would be great. Hubert and Diana Tarasi for the women's final four. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> All right, let's uh, hear from FanDuel, and then we will get to those key players of this series. But first, like we said, FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters and double plays. They're all back and there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And that's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up and place your first bet and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet. Like I said, up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That is FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Erica. Uh, There's always players that rise to the occasion in the playoffs, and, and it's kind of 
easy or expected, you know, your, your, your stars of your team or your top line of your team, you expect those guys to, well, you can still include that. Maybe they exceed even your, your expectations when they're that, that superstar level. Uh, but let's get into some players that you, you really think could be key to this series and what they can bring to this series. And we'll kind of just, you know, throw some guys out, go back and forth. But uh, who, who's kind of at the top of your list of guys that you're looking at? Well, you said it right there at the top of the list. That's going to be our 70 point scorer. That's Jared McCann. He's had a fantastic season. He was the first player that we signed to a contract extension and he has proven to be worth just that and has really been all in and leading the Seattle Kraken in, you know, the, the day-to-day the, the ways, the consistency. It's certainly in, in the scoring sheet. I mentioned he's got 70 points. That's 40 goals, 30 assists. Mm-hmm. And so more firsts for Seattle. Of course, that was yeah. every, every time we hit the ice, it was a first last year, but we're, we're racking up some more. And I like that. And Jared McCann yeah. has been a driver for that. Another player, and I love giving defenders blue liners some love and second in points overall. That's Vince Dunn. He's had a fantastic season. I have to also though, give some credit to his line mate and that's Adam Larson. So I'm going to kind of cheat a little there and, and, and put them, blend them together. That's because I think Adam Larson being that more stay at home defender and defenseman, he gives Vince Dunn that creativity and freedom to step up into the rush as needed to be a little bit more of an offensive of powerhouse that being said i've been very impressed with adam larson who at times i've been critical of Hmm. i I think sometimes he can have pretty slow feet um we don't have the most dynamic defenders or at least uh it certainly didn't feel that way last year but those two have really stepped up and i think you have to go with everyone's keeping eyes on our rookie Maddie Beniers. Yeah. And I have been saying, especially early in the season, Maddie Beniers is that guy for us. There were so many times early in the season when we were meeting success early on outside of maybe Martin Jones, or I do think that uh, he was the the best player on the ice for us. So I know you're supposed to ping pong back and forth there, but I just no, got no, no. excited to talk about I, our guys. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think that again, everything's by committee. So it's hard for me to kind of talk about them individually in separation because we're seeing so so much that's happening because the the sum of the parts is is really what's keeping the Kraken and has gotten them to the playoffs. Is is Berniers on the top line power play? Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. He is. And, you know, has been Everly's another player that's, again, right up there, top three in scoring. And a lot of that, in my opinion, has to do with his play. And he said it himself, uh, playing with Maddie Beneers and the way that they can find each other on the ice. And and so, yeah, Maddie okay. Beneers has been great for us. And we mentioned Burakovsky already. Um, who's kind of like sliding in for him on his line? And, you know, he, he's a top power play uh top line power play guy get too so what what's kind of like been the rotation to make up for what you lose with him yeah that's a great question so when we're at even strength it's been again by committee we've seen a few different looks there we also see morgan geeky sliding up a little bit he's been one of those fourth liners that has been key for us in playing different roles as far as the power play mm-hmm. getting ellie tolvanen has been amazing and 
If you're watching this yeah, on that's... Tuesday, yeah, on Tuesday, the, if you check out yesterday's Locked on Kraken episode, I was able to talk to Ellie, and, and he knows he likes to score. He's expected to score. He's expected to shoot, and that's exactly what we've needed. We'll get into some of the, the pain points, perhaps, and special mm -hmm. teams are certainly one of them, but I will say Ellie Tolvanen has been a player that has helped steady the power play and actually make it a little bit more of a resource in our arsenal as opposed to um you know something that that is a detriment or a downfall for seattle so Crazy. so uh what what's it looking like on, on your end who are some players that uh, as we're watching uh we should keep an eye on for colorado um you know i'm going to avoid the usual suspects here because that's <laughs> just way too easy to to but you know I will just throw them out. Just, you know, your, your McCars and McKinnons of the world, like sure. they, they step up, you know what I mean? And, and as great as seasons as, as like Rantanen and McKinnon have had, um, you just always feel like they're not satisfied. So they can mm -hmm. just, you know, raise it up another level, which is scary. Uh, right. But <laughs> but for, for me, the, there's three guys. And, and I'll start with the guy who I always look at going into the postseason because he hasn't had great regular seasons as long he, as he's been with the avalanche, but in the playoffs steps it up a little bit. doesn't like go crazy, but his play gets more consistent. And if you listen to lock on avalanche, you know exactly who I'm going to say. And that's JT Comfer. And the difference is this year is the best season he has had by far mm. for the avalanche up where he's had more than 50 points, which is the first time he's, he's touched that uh, in a season by far um it is a contract year so go figure for that um but it, this is the like i said this is the first year that he's had a great regular season and if he can just do what he's done in the past in previous post seasons um and maybe even just step it up another notch you know he he, he going into this year when you when you lose someone like burkowski and you you lose like kadri it was really up in the air who was going to replace those guys and Comfort was thrown in there, I think just because he has like tenure with the Avalanche, mm -hmm. but nobody really, even myself included, thought he would really take that 2C like by the reins. A lot of people were expecting like Alex Newhook to do that. Um, and Newhook has kind of faltered a little bit. He's found his way into a bottom six role. And Comfort has been that guy. He's been a model of consistency this year. So I think he is due for another very good postseason, maybe even better than he's ever had. Um, another guy is someone they picked up on the waiver wire. You, you threw out a waiver, waiver wire pick, on, and I will do the same thing, and that's Dennis Mulgan. Mm. He's been uh, a revelation for, for the Avalanche, and this is just another guy who uh, – this goes to their scouting department on guys that they just find – uh, that other teams don't want. Val Nichuskin always comes to mind for Avalanche fans. Um, but Mulgan has been great. He has fit in with this team perfectly. His speed matches what this Avalanche team has in speed. He's found a scoring touch in goals. Um, it, it, the only thing is, he's never been in this situation. So right. is the playoffs too big for him? Is, like, Does he get caught into the, the bright lights of the postseason? That remains to be seen, but he is a, a confident scorer, and and he he's just been he's been so I I, I don't want to say consistent. He started off a little bit shaky, but as once he just got into that flow and and just got comfortable with the team, he's been great.
he's been fantastic. And kind of the last one we're going to throw out there is, is the goalie situation uh, with Alexander Georgiev and been phenomenal all season long. Absolutely phenomenal. But it's kind of what I just said about Malgin, the same thing with Georgiev. Hasn't been in this situation being the guy and being the goalie going into the postseason. And when you're the the number one goalie for a team that expects to win championships or at least get there and play for one, um, again, is that how, how does he respond to that? Because you, you never know with guys who are new to this. You know, you expect Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen and, and you know, uh, Nathan McKinnon to go out there and perform because they've been doing this for a couple of years now, a few years now. Georgiev, while well, he's been in the league, so he's been played that second fiddle. And now that he's not, um, I, I, I don't I don't have any concern. I will say that because he's 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 played so much during the regular season. He's prepared. Uh, but if things go a little, if it doesn't start like the way that they want and Seattle jumps on them. Can he shut it down? We'll have to see. Wow. I like all of those picks for sure, Chris. Mm. And I think that the the storylines are similar, not the same, but they're similar for both of our teams. And again, we kind of alluded to the, the regular season split, which I think you have to take with a grain of salt one because it's the it's the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, but right. then also we've already alluded to the injuries, particularly on Colorado's side. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see. And yes, coming up in our third segment and now we're, we're uh, talking about this. I definitely will be talking about goaltending. <laughs> I, I, I've been waiting, waiting with bated breath to hear what you have to say about uh, our old friend, Mr. Philip Grubauer and beyond. So uh, yeah, let's get to that right after we hear from athletic greens and what exactly is athletic greens. We put one scoop into a glass of water and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, and probiotics to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, even your aging. So if, it's, or if you are lifestyle-friendly, then you are in luck. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar. There's no GMOs, so there's no nasty chemical or artificial taste because it tastes amazing and it costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health, so it's cheaper than your cold brew coffee habit. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day and that is it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Once again, it's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, so uh, predictions are around the corner, but uh, a couple more things that we want to talk about uh, between this series, and that's kind of like uh, the, everything else, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it, you call them like X factors, if you want to call that. Um, I always like to ask, where does a team excel? Where are some points where they might be exploited? Um, 
I, you threw out the goalie thing, you know, <laughs> as teasing going into this segment. So I'm assuming we want to start, or you can start anywhere you want, but uh, yeah. Well, let's start with where I think the Seattle Kraken excel. And this is something that coming um, out of training camp and into preseason was really exciting. And in the more consistent times, so looking at, I think if we look at the split, like it was November and then either October, November or uh, December, January, where we had, uh, you know, we were looking at 20 plus wins in each of those months. And the Seattle Kraken are really great five on five, especially when they are aggressive and focusing on checking on the four check and can win puck battles and, and drive and dictate possession. I mean, in theory, that's every hockey team, right? But, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but the thing about Seattle, and that goes to why it's important, is because there's not one superstar that stands out. You're not going to, generally speaking, have one player that is going to take over a game. So we have to make sure that everyone is all bought in. Maddie Benier said something on Saturday when I was in Seattle talking about a lot of the veterans who've been there who won championships are talking about the way that you show that you're all bought in and that you're here for the real deal is doing things like blocking shots, getting back on defense, sacrificing the body in, in all kinds of ways. And that has always been what Seattle needs to do. We are a blue collar team and it's very rare that we're going to get one guy that's going to take the game over. And that goes back to goaltending Philip Grubauer had a really weird season. <laughs> That's the best way I can say it. He got a lot of heat. Dave Hack still got a lot of heat. And it was understandable to an extent. I don't know that it was completely warranted for whatever reason. And I've said this a lot on Locked on Kraken. Never thought that the team got really comfortable in front of Philip Grubauer last season. And that's just mm -hmm. one of those weird fluky things that happens. That being said, Martin Jones was a huge part of our success early on. And then the consistency fell off. Both Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones have been hurt. Jones, the most recent player to be injured. And we actually mm -hmm. had Joey Decord up a little bit on the back end of the season. So how fit is Martin Jones? How, Ready is he if Philip Grubauer, who at this point is our number one, uh, okay. once again, um, you know, <laughs> is, is he going to be able to step in? What is Dave Hack still going to do? Like, I, I think that I go back and forth on whether you need to have a short leash just because the regular season is is dictating overall that you have to have a little bit of a short leash with with, again, who I believe will start. For us, the presumptive starter mm -hmm. will be Grubauer. Um, but then also on the back end of the season, Martin Jones has not been consistent, even though I would argue he's a part of the reason that we're a 100-point team. So right. that's a little bit of a conundrum. I, hmm. I know you said X factor, but maybe that's an, a more um, just kind of a, a roll of the dice for, for the Seattle Kraken. Wow. Um, okay. And so I wonder, um, you know, what that's like for you. I'm particularly curious about special teams because I was mm. able to call a Colorado Avalanche game when they played the New Jersey Devils last year. And uh, Kelly Schultz and I, we called that game and we said, hey. I was at can... that game, Erica. Oh, that's I awesome. I was there. Yes, that's yes. awesome. I didn't yep. know that. But um, yeah, so what we were saying on that broadcast is, hey, if the Colorado Avalanche uh, stay disciplined and stay out of the box, then they are a really great team, but if yes. the devils could find a way to expose them. And I do think that there were a little, a few lackadaisical plays at times in that game where Colorado just wasn't moving their feet. And so 
we talked about the injuries and I know that that was a huge thing, but I wonder if there's a little bit of that lethargy at times where you, you, uh, that, that Colorado has to be mindful of just kind of looking at the splits, particularly for Colorado on the penalty kill. Yes. Um, we, we uh, yeah, I'll start with kind of like where, where they can be exploited. And, and that is, that is one of them. Their, their, their penalty kill improved as the year went on. It started off atrocious. I think at one point they were 30th. I think the only team that was worse than them was like the Flyers or the, or the, uh, Columbus or something like that. One of, one of the bottom dwelling teams throughout the season, like it improved as the season went on, but how they played didn't change. It, it just, they just like button things up. You will get the easiest zone entries of your life against the avalanche penalty kill. Like they do not pressure you in the neutral zone. They'll have one guy up front. It's usually Val Nachuskin, who is their best four checker by far. He's one of the best in the league, actually. Um, but that's really he's just up there just to if, if you screw up somewhere, he'll be there to to pick up the pieces, but he's not gonna to stop you dead, right? They just let you go through the neutral zone and they rely on just positioning on their penalty kill. Um and it's been it, it's it's I think they finished like 18th or 19th in the league. And when you play that way, that's where you're going to end up. You're, you're not going to be you're, you don't force the issue. You let you let the opposition pass the puck <laughs> around. And and it, it's more to them of we're going to be in the right position and not give you a, a good look. Right. So that's that that's their biggest Achilles heel, I would say, is uh, their penalty kill. Mm-hmm. kind of going off of that as something that it, it, they excel in is defense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I get why they play that way because they are, they're, they're, they're pretty confident in their defensive abilities to get in shooting lanes. Um, teams will get shots on goal against the abs, but high danger shots don't happen a lot. So they give Georgiev good looks. He gets, you know, he gets in, in position pretty well. And, you know, he can stop a lot of these shots because they'll, they'll make sure like he has a good lane to see and, and they don't give up a lot of those high danger shots where someone can really hurt you. Now, if you have a good offensive team, then that's a whole different ball game. Right. And you even said with the Kraken, um, they're good five on five and the avalanche are as well. The avalanche are an excellent five on five team. So it's so funny how like there's as we're talking here, there's a lot of parallels here between these two teams, uh, yeah. but in different mo- like you're saying, like the, the, for, for the Kraken, it's kind of like a collective and it is for the Avalanche, too. But um, I think you said something to the effect of like there's not that one guy on the Kraken who can yeah. just say, like, I'm taking the reins of this game. I'm taking it over. And clearly right. the Avalanche have that. Right. right. So that could be where <laughs> more than one. I hate to brag about that, but it's it's there, you know, um, and maybe not to go back and forth. But uh, another another area where the avalanche maybe struggle a little bit is they are not the most physical team. They're not physical mm-hmm. forward in terms of like it's it's the, f- the first way that they will play. If you get physical right. with them, they will just give it back to you, but they're not looking to go play that way right off the bat. So, I mean, and I don't feel like the Kraken really are the most physical team either. 
You right. nailed it. And it's actually okay. something that Dave Haxtell talked about. And in his remarks on Saturday, our first, our first postseason practice yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and first postseason practice in franchise history. He <laughs> talked about that. He said, you know, his, his word and the term that he used is Colorado's not a heavy team. Uh, mm -hmm. We also alluded to it a little bit, but uh, we've had, what, two OT games in the regular season, including, I believe, a shootout. We dropped the shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, the injuries notwithstanding, these teams come in with a regular season series that's pretty comparable. One goal games, all three of them. So I think it's going to be really interesting you hear a lot in, in the postseason, and certainly for a team like Seattle, who's here for the first time, uh, Dave Haxtell and a lot of the guys saying, our focus is playing the best version of Seattle Kraken hockey that we have played. They also do know that uh, some of that is going to be nullifying what the weapons and arsenal is for Colorado. And the benefit maybe of a by-committee team is that we can target some of those players. Now, what I'm not sure that Seattle is going to be able to to handle is if some of those the JT Comfers and some of the other players that you mentioned if they really step up and are stellar that might be a little bit too much because I don't uh, as many people who watched the Locked On Kraken know mm -hmm. I I have long term questions about our defensive core and honestly sometimes just how we as a team play defense so mm -hmm. I think it's going to be really interesting it's um I think I said earlier we're similar but not the same right. and so I'm very curious to see as the games play out which style of hockey is going to be victorious hmm. wow this, I mean I'm even more interested to see how this thing pans out <laughs> So why don't we end it with that? Let's, you know, everybody wants to know predictions. So um, what, what, what are you thinking for Seattle? I, I, I am surprised. Like I, I expected a lot of people to pick the avalanche to win this, but as I'm like just going through different sites and, and, you know, uh, people talking the experts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, with just the relative ease that people think the avalanche are just going to kind of like bowl over the, the Kraken, but um what are you thinking? Well, what I will say is that the experts have been wrong about the Seattle Kraken in both of our seasons. We go. were supposed to have the best goalie tandem in year one. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> and we're supposed to be absolutely hard in year two. Nope. There you so go. there you go. Exactly. What I will say is I do think that as we just alluded to, just to harp on that point one more mm -hmm. time, go very well matched, similar, not the same. I am just in all of my sports analysis. I always give the, pers the the benefit of the doubt um, to the team with the experience, and that's been mm -hmm. together a little bit longer. Now, there have been changes. You talked about that a little bit earlier, Chris, but you can't, you know – point your thumb down at the at the reigning uh, and defending yeah. Stanley Cup champions and I do think that will make a little bit of a difference the what will ha I think if the Seattle Kraken can really settle into their game or actually the opposite of that come out guns blazing and really just play Kraken hockey off the hop then we can um, nullify that veteran expertise or you know we've been here before that being said, I'm I'm still going to give the edge to Colorado with the caveat that the Seattle Kraken have lived our entire existence um, defying, especially this season, defying expectation. I think we go six, maybe even seven. Mm -hmm. um, I, I And as I said, I do think Colorado has the edge. I'm not willing to give up completely on 
Seattle, I think they can go the distance, but I do think right now, unless we see some things change early in game one, two, I think the Seattle Kraken have to get at least one of those games on the road. Um, but I, I give you the advantage as of right now. But let's see. We'll have yeah. to talk throughout the series. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And I, I, I agree. I think that it's so weird to say, like, you know, team doesn't have uh, experience in, in the postseason when they're made up of NHL players from all over the, the league. Right. right. But as a unit, they right. they don't. So um, and to me, I think that that's a that's a big deal. And it's if, if there was one team that the Kraken probably didn't want to pull, it is that, you know, the team that's defending the championship. So uh, I, I think that is going to be the biggest deal between these two teams. And the, the, but also here's like the beauty of, of the NHL playoffs, because I can sit here and say, like, uh, I, I think these will all be very good, very close, tight games. And the Avalanche just have that ability to pull those games out. Right. So I can sit here and say, like, I think the Avalanche could win this thing in five games. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of NHL playoffs is it could go seven and that won't surprise me either. Correct. You know yeah. what I mean? So uh, I, I don't want to sit here and say that oh, I think the Avalanche could win in five and it's just going to be, uh, uh, you know, mm -hmm. they're going to wipe the floor with them. That's I generally don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think this, you know, it, and if you get uh, some puck luck here and there, this absolutely could go seven games. And that wouldn't surprise me because. Playoff hockey is the best thing in the world, and I'm so glad the Kraken are after two seasons uh, involved in it in one way or another. So yeah, that's but, right. I I think it's going to be great, Chris. I think yeah. there's a lot of mutual respect. I think on on both sides. Again, people are going to make their bold predictions, and mm -hmm. some of them, at least fifty percent, will be loud and wrong. Um, but <laughs> I, I I do expect a good series and. You know, people have asked, are we just happy to be here? Are we really expecting to do things? I think it's a little bit in between. Mm -hmm. We're building history here for the Seattle Kraken. Right. We're going up against the defending Stanley Cup champions. So there's a lot on the line in theory. And I think it's really going to be about this team buckling down. And if they can really do that, stay insular as much as possible and stay focused, I, I like our chances. Good. Well, the one thing I'm looking forward to, or maybe I'm not looking forward to it, is uh, that that game three, because Ooh, yeah. that place is going to be that that might be the one that's a struggle for the Avs. So uh, we shall see. All right, uh, it's going to be a fun series. Uh, Erica, why don't you throw out to uh, Locked On Avalanche crowd where they can follow you over on social medias. Absolutely. You can follow the show at Locked on Kraken. And hey, if you're not in the house and you want to watch, uh, we'll be doing a watch party along with a, a good friend of mine, Angelica Rodriguez. We host a women's hockey podcast together, but she's an Avs fan. So we've got. Oh, we, I really yeah, like her. It's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> New follow. Um, so it's a house divided on my women's hockey coverage side, but we're, we're inviting fans. Uh, so you can check that out. But again, follow us at Locked on Kraken. We'll be uh, posting all of the links there. And you can also follow awesome. me personally at elindz08 that's e-l-i-n-d-s-a-y-0-8 so chris how about awesome. for you and a locked on avalanche any plans that you have and, and things that we can uh check out as as the series goes on i'm so selfish i can't watch with other i, I can watch my wife <laughs> and that's really i, I just that's i have fair. to watch intently and I, I can't do the watch i can't host the watch parties right fair I, enough. <laughs> I could be involved in them but i'm so silent just because i i have to watch so i'm pretty selfish when it comes to that but um <laughs> Um, you can follow uh, our show over on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. That's on Twitter. 
uh, on Instagram. You can just search for Locked on Avalanche. And of course, our, our YouTube channel, you can follow that as well. So, uh, Erica, yeah, it's going to be fun to be the first series uh, against the Seattle Kraken. So I think it's going to be a good series. So uh, good luck to you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking all throughout and maybe even in the off season, we'll kind of get together again. That sounds great. Thanks so much, Chris. Appreciate it. Enjoy the series, everyone. Uh, We'll talk to you guys later. Go, Abs, go.